Hating on the prequels now is like picking on the retarded kid in your class. Radio Drome. Welcome to Radio Drome, where I, Josh Headley, am always so good and open with all my fans, and there is never any contention, which I can't say the same for Peter. The fans. See? There you go. <laughs> making me beep something in the first 30 seconds. Fuck all of you. You asked for too much. And then You're you always, have... always with your little theories. With your theories, shut up. And then Cecil's just kind of sitting back going, what did I get myself into? Yeah, apparently I suggested this nonsense. Yeah, this is your topic, so you're going to take the brunt of this one, buddy boy. Eh. But we're, we're going to be talking about the sometimes contentious relationship fans and creators have tonight. But before that, you guys need to go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. So right now the reason this is coming up is, and I don't really like this word, but I, it's been used and it's not necessarily inaccurate. There's been this whole thing about Star Wars and the toxic fandom of Star Wars, how toxic the fandom is. Every fandom has this. Exactly. And now I have met what would be considered toxic Star Wars fans. Yeah, me too. A couple of people. The bulk are not like that. But yes, there are a couple of very sad, sad individuals no, out there. No, the bulk are like that. It's it's the bulk. I, I don't think so. Like Because the, the bulk of, of people are messes. I think that there, uh, there are a bunch of jerks out there, but I oh, think absolutely. that, like, the majority of the people that will like a certain fandom are, like, just general, like, normal people. You get the really hardcore in anything, and then you get the really hardcore that kind of take it to a degree beyond that. So I think that uh, we're in a really weird place right now, because before, if you had a, a gigantic fandom, they would... They would just kind of go to the, the comic cons or whatnot, but now they can go on social media and rag on about whatever. And then the news will embolden them by taking like a few random tweets by a few obviously mentally disturbed people and present that like, this is what Star Wars fans, no, this is what some <laughs> assholes think. Star Wars is now the, the focal point of all this. Whether you agree with it or not, Star Wars is the focal point. So that's what we're going to deal with right off the top here. Basically, Star Wars fans, the toxic fandom, as it is, they don't want women in Star Wars movies, they don't want black people in Star Wars movies, and they want their Star Wars movies exactly like they were in the 1970s. Which had now, women and black people which, in them. Which, right, exactly. but because yeah. I don't think they understand what their argument is. Because now, personally, I hated The Last Jedi, and I do think it was very... Very virtue signally. Look, I'm a feminist by making every man in the movie fucking stupid and making every woman super smart. I thought that was almost girlbusters in a way of, haha, all you males out there, take that. That seemed to be what Last Jedi was trying to do to a degree. Uh, the Ryan... only thing that bugged me was the purple hair. 
I didn't really see that the point of that. Like, did she, is that part of her like species or, or did she do that herself? That was kind of like, what? An aesthetic thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like the, well, they can, they couldn't just have her be blonde. So they had to have her a pur- I don't purple know. hair. Well, I was like, what the fuck? When have we seen this? This, I, I didn't know people dyed their hair in this universe. The thing that, that kind of got me now, I'll go into uh, a, I have a lot of, of issues with the, the last Jedi and none of them have to do with the fact that they, that there were women in it or that there were black people in it or whatnot. Cause I actually really liked Finn. Like I thought he, mm. like I liked the force awakens a lot. Yeah. Um, force awakens. Finn was great. Last Jedi Finn was just kind of there. He was he too slapsticky was, for sure. He was was a coward. He, he felt very um, uncircumstantial in uh, Last Jedi, and I and I like Last Jedi, but I really feel like he didn't even need to be in the movie. Like I'll, I'll kind of try to, to to sum it up, you know, because there's a whole like I mean, I when I originally was doing my my best and worst of 2010 or 2017. I had a whole, like, I think I had, like, five pages written of issues that I had with The Last Jedi. And again, none of which had to do with fan entitlement and all this. It's just that there was a lot of nonsense in that film that really didn't need to be there. Such as the the entire subplot with the casino planet. I hated that shit could have been cut out of the film and it wouldn't have changed a single thing but um, it, it, it went nowhere when they're captured or whatever and the guy like sells them out and then they escape anyway and it's like this didn't even need to be in the movie yeah it, well it was there so that we could have rose tell us something that we already knew they're they're torturing these animals for oh yes for rich people we get it capitalism is awful you know stop rebels good we get it yeah, exactly. Like you didn't need this this gigantic uh subplot in a movie that was already kind of dragging because it was the world's slowest space chase. There were so many like just a dumb space things. chase that doesn't make any sense either. The Empire couldn't call for any ships on the other side, or they couldn't just light speed in front of them and come back. Oh or, God! I mean, the, the whole space chase is just yeah. dumb as hell. It's it's like all right, well, what's going to happen? Oh, this is, this is the whole movie. Oh, they're, they're just gonna, they're just gonna do this the whole movie. Why didn't, God, what's, I totally am blanking on her name. Uh, Admiral Purple Hair. Why didn't <laughs> she tell people, like, what was the purpose of not telling your crew? Cause you what gotta you teach the doing? men a lesson. Yeah, but, but the men need to learn to listen to their women. Right. And then, and then it's like mutiny. Well, there's mutiny for a reason because they all think that you're incompetent, but then it, so you could have this, ha ha, I knew what I was doing all along. And then you have uh, Space space Princess Leia, which uh, Space Jesus Princess Leia, which made no sense. Like, that was a perfect out for her. She died in real life. I actually laughed when she Mary Poppins her way back. So in did I. I. I could literally picture the John Williams Superman theme in my head <laughs> while that was happening, and I laughed. I laughed, like, awkwardly loud. Yeah, it was the, the theater that I was in, everyone kind of, like, kind of shuffled in their seat a little bit. I think that was really a big turn point in the movie where people were kind of like i don't know if i like this or if i don't like this and then that happened and everybody was kind of like uh, what the hell are they doing i don't usually like robot chicken but i'm gonna take the mark hamill line from that look if you're not taking this seriously then neither am i <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about toxic fans because we're yeah but, but anyway 
proving everybody's point by bitching about Star Wars right now. So let's uh, let's not bitch about Star Wars. I think it's the thing is that that is very much the problem right now is that you have a lot of people with legitimate complaints about a very arguably the largest franchise in the world. You've got a lot of people that are, you know, that have legitimate complaints about it, but they're being taken as, well, listen to these toxic whining man babies. I mean, it really is the Ghostbusters thing all over again. Instead of focusing on the problems, they're deflecting. And the thing that it, that really set, set me off about it was the movie had been out since December and people had kind of had problems with it, but it more or less had kind of glossed over and whatnot. But a lot, most of the people started being like, you know what? If this is, if this is Star Wars, if, if the director is going to go and call us all, you know, whiny entitled man babies, well, I'm just not going to go see any more Star Wars films. You know, that's kind of mm. how that is. The, and then Solo comes out and a lot of people that have, you know, a lot of fans that were really burned by The Last Jedi and are like, you know what? Disney is kind of shitting all over this property. I'm, I don't really think I need to see this movie, especially with all the nightmare stories about how, you know, Solo had three directors and they reshot 80% of the film. And it's like, you know what? I'm just, I don't think it looks good and I'm not going to go see it. You've got all, you know, the, the Kathleen Kennedy and, and, and Ryan Johnson coming out and basically saying, we, the fans know, are the problem. The fans are the problem. We're going to make what we want and you're supposed to just go and watch and give us your money. To me, Which is not the way it works looking back at the, uh, the prequels. I mean, fans were very vocal about how much they hated those. This isn't uh, something that's new in Star Wars to begin with. I mean, look at what happened with uh, the kid, the kid that played little little Anakin. I mean, he was like actually systematically bullied. I mean, this does happen in not only the Star Wars fandom but every fandom. I mean, the, the shit that happened with like the the little Anakin kid. I mean, this this kid's like suffering from depression and shit like pretty badly. He was bullied through elementary school for Phantom Menace, for in high school, in university, basically crippled by it. I mean, this is what this is what a lot of uh fandoms do to people when they don't like a change that's been done or they don't like somebody that's been cast. The shittier fans of uh fandom, which Star Wars of course has a lot of, can can cause a lot of turmoil in somebody's life just because it doesn't fit the narrative that they wanted for the franchise. With that, yes, um Anakin he now hates Star Wars, Jake Lloyd. He now yes, he likes should. <laughs> he hates Star Wars. But the thing was, Ahmed Best, who uh was Jar Jar Binks had recently come out and said, you know, he was he wanted to kill himself. And the thing was, like that's awful, but if you look Look back, you know who the biggest bullies were? The media. They were the ones that were, oh well, Jar Jar, he's an awful character, he's racist, look at how terrible this is. Like there were art there was article mm. after article after article about how terrible he was and this was god awful. And the thing that really just strikes me as odd, which is, you know, I hate to, you know, tinfoil hat here, but how come all three of the prequels got completely skewered by Red Letter Media, which was, I love those videos. I thought they were great, but nobody had a problem when they were shredding everything and every and anything that had to do with those films. There was a documentary about how awful George Lucas was, and that was just met with praise. But all of a sudden, Disney takes over. They put out a movie that, like, is not liked, and all of a sudden, the, the fans are the ones that are the problem, and Star Wars has a toxic fan fandom issue like where were you people for a decade when like the prequels were getting shredded and people and all this was going on but now all of a sudden there's an issue it just seems very 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 convenient that 
all of a sudden, this is the new, you know, this is the new quote unquote narrative that all uh, this uh, pendulums pendulum shift would be a way to describe it. And also Disney, I think, has a lot more pull than uh, LucasArts or whatever did. So you do have a lot more people with um, corporate ties that can bring up uh, supposed issues and make it seem all of a sudden change the narrative that it's like toxic fans and all this stuff when it used to be kind of cool to hate Star Wars, I guess, like hating on the prequels and shit. But now it's like you're considered a, a misogynist or a racist if you don't like Star Wars. And yeah, I, I, I don't really understand how it's uh, changed like that. Hating on the prequels now is like picking on the retarded kid in your class. I will, I will say this. Prequels are better than Last Jedi. I can't. I, I, better I really can't. Jedi. I really hated the prequels. <laughs> And, well, and okay, this is not a new thing with me. I've never, I, I have never, like, I mean, I, like I said, I thought the Red Letter Media videos were, were hilarious. I thought they oh, were funny. Really I thought funny. they, they did a great job, but I didn't really have that big of a problem with the prequels because they, at the end of the day, they felt like Star Wars. The no, Last I Jedi really, did I, I feel not like feel like Star much, Wars. Uh, way too much CG. We're not going to make this whole episode about Star Wars, but Star Wars and Ryan Johnson will transition into the next segment of this, and that is the creators versus the fans. Because Ryan Johnson, at the time, we didn't know this, but he kind of made Last Jedi to piss off Star Wars fans, and the way he antagonized them after the movie came out and was getting the negative impact really did not help anything. Because for one thing, publicly, J.J. Abrams has supported Ryan Johnson. There's been a lot of stories about how behind the scenes, J.J. Abrams is very pissed off because Ryan J.J. Abrams in Force Awakens laid out all these plot lines for future movies and Ryan Johnson was like, yeah, we're not doing any of that. There was this whole thing, who is Snoke? Who is Snoke? So he just kills him and then he's trolling fans. So how'd your Snoke theory turn out? That certainly doesn't help when Ryan Johnson's like, oh yeah, fans, you didn't like it? Well, fuck you, I didn't make the movie for you then. That certainly doesn't help things. He is being a, a horse's ass. I mean, I enjoyed... um I, I didn't hate Last Jedi. I liked it. I preferred um, Force Awakens and Rogue One. I mean, I enjoyed Last Jedi for what it was. But, I mean, he's he is being an off-putting horse's ass by attacking the fans just because... Uh, I don't know. Like, like he really, he's definitely being a baby about it. Like, there's no reason to to do shit like that. He has now basically come out in the last few weeks before we record this. The fans didn't understand his brilliant masterpiece, and oh, then he Jesus. tried to link it to mm. GamerGate, which I'm not even going to get it into. He oh calls it a harassment campaign because <laughs> they didn't like all the feminism in it. Again, I'm not. We're not even going to get into that aspect. You have this element of the creators versus the fans that never turns out well. No. I don't know why that is allowed. You know, when you make a movie to piss off its fan base, what do you expect to happen? Like Girlbusters. We've talked about it endlessly. Paul Feig made this movie as a middle finger to Ghostbusters fans. What other reaction did he expect to get? <laughs> He, he's getting exactly the reaction he wanted. He wanted attention because, you know, oh, I'm gonna, uh, you know, well, I mean, the, the lines in the movie, uh, what is it? Uh, destroy your, destroy your, you know, your, destroy the past, kill it if you have to. And that's what he, you know, he was essentially doing. He was, I mean, he made, he made Luke into like he made Luke a whiny coward a whiny coward Luke and is a whiny coward though no Luke is not Luke over like that was the whole character arc Luke was a he whiny got a coward station to get a power converter right in the first yeah, at movie the, at, at the beginning 
And he became, uh, you know, he became a Jedi Knight. He became one of the most you know, revered Jedi. Is, is Luke really that much of a badass? Because I, I don't think so. He, he's a, he's a good character. He's a flawed one, and he does have like, you know, he, he does show some cowardice, and he also has heroic moments. But I, I think people getting bent out of shape by what he's turned into supposedly for Last Jedi, I, I don't think it's really that far from what he really was as a character. He would, he would choose to kill. He would choose to kill his nephew rather than try to, you know, to, to save him. It just, it's, it, every, like even Mark well, Hamill, Mark said that though, because he's, he's witnessed firsthand the effects of what the dark side of the force can do. What's happened with the, with the empire, with Darth Vader, his own father. I mean, he, but saw, who he, he saw who it. He turned I back to the good, who he turned back to the, the light side before he died. Pete, you just reminded me of something. The dark side is now a butthole in the middle of a planet oh right Do we need to even point out how stupid this is yeah well the other thing too and this is uh if you if you watch the interviews with mark hamill leading up to the last jedi oh he's, he's just trashing it oh my god he's like uh, he's like i had to i had to call you know when i was acting as luke skywalker i'm like that's not what i would do that's not what luke would do and he's like i had to think i'm, I'm acting as what like jake skywalker or something like he changed his name <laughs> in his head and then all of a sudden disney gets to him and he's like no this is a great movie but but then if if you see interviews with him and Ryan Johnson, he's trashing him. Like he's he's basically like you, you know, he's telling him, you know, what have you done? And like and and that's just I mean, if you have if you have the the actor who's played this character for decades and they're kind of like, what are you doing? I understand it's one thing to have your vision, but you also need to listen to the people that you're working with. And if they're mm. really having a problem, maybe you're going in a, in the wrong direction here. Maybe you're pushing a little bit too much of your own personal bias and your own personal agenda into the film like to me it seems like he's someone who legitimately just doesn't like star wars who is directing a star wars movie for me at the end of the day i just enjoyed watching uh hamill play a surly old grump that's I, well, kind of it i i thought that was fun for me it's just i've never taken star wars all that seriously like i personally think star wars as a whole is more miss than hit to begin with oh i'm not a big star wars fan myself but it, it kind of goes back to like the paul feig thing Paul Feig, why was a man who hates Ghostbusters given Ghostbusters? The same thing with Ryan Johnson. He clearly hates Star Wars and Star Wars fans. You cannot tell me Ryan Johnson did not make this movie to piss on Star Wars fans. Oh. The same way mm -hmm. Paul Feig did with Ghostbusters, or even the same way Adam Marcus did with Jason Goes to Hell. We'll, we'll get more oh, into that God. in a minute. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a definite, like, he but, clearly, but like, like, he really was pissing on the fan base. Yeah. Right. Why would you give a, a franchise, a multi-million billion dollar franchise, to someone who says, let's see how many people we can piss off with this movie? I don't it's understand this. That's why it's weird. Nothing makes sense. Especially, especially in something where they just paid four, you know, what, $4.5 billion to, to get this. This is now the fourth movie that they put out. Why, like, like, I understand you want to, you want to appeal to the old fans and you want to bring in the new fans. There's a way of doing that where you can appeal to 
the old fans and bring in new fans like they did with The Force Awakens. I just don't understand yeah. how, like, J.J. Abrams, he did the first movie and he laid out, like, the movie that was intended to be a trilogy. He did the first movie, he laid out the character arcs and everything, and he, did he a good had job of it too. two I, I and feel like three. you, you I, I felt that he really is a, was a fan of, of sort of the magic of some of the originals and he not only brought some of that back, but he did add some new stuff. And I think, I think what he, what he did with that first movie was well done. Yeah. And, but he laid out two and three. So there was a complete mm-hmm. arc. And then to have Johnson come in and be like, nah. I don't, I don't like any of that. And to, like, to, to come in and kind of botch things so bad in the second movie, it didn't make sense for its, like, characters that acted one way in the first movie were now acting completely different in the second movie. Like, it just, it, it was, it was mind boggling. It was like, it, it, it really didn't make any sense. And like I said, they took Finn, who I thought he already kind of became a hero in the first movie, and then they made him like a complete putz in the second film. And I think that was Johnson trying to piss on every, I think he was trying to piss on not just fans but jj abrams because if you see those two like i said in public jj abrams is supporting him but you kind of see them together you can tell these guys really don't like each other (laughs) i kind of i kind of wonder if like let's say like 20 years from now or something when things are you know so far removed if like the real story would eventually come out as to like what it will you know uh, because this is like a i mean right now disney has has you know billions of dollars sitting on this I mean, they just canceled uh, or put on, quote unquote, hold all of like the side stories so that they could focus on episode nine. And I mean, and that's like a big deal because it's like they had this plan where they were going to put out a new movie like every year. And now they're like, oh, we really need to kind of fix things. How are you going to fix this? And, and that's exactly what J.J. Abrams says he's trying to do. That That's one of the things that kind of points to he's not happy with Johnson. He's publicly stated episode nine will fix the mistakes of last jedi so even he even they're admitting publicly last jedi was a fucking mistake and we need to find a way to fix this just a, a quick aside it's been talked about but it hasn't been talked about on here the whole at holdo admiral holdo that she did the warp through the uh the star destroyer or uh whatever and like killed like the entire fleet and sacrificed herself all right first of all how did she know that was going to work second of all why aren't the why aren't the the rebels doing this just sending droids no one done it before why aren't they sending droid powered ships just go somewhere warp through destroy the, like it doesn't like how like how is this a thing and how are they gonna like how are they gonna just write that off like how is they not gonna be hey that's a new uh that's a new military tactic that we can use that is like 100 effective and like completely destructive like what like sure visually it was really cool but from like a story standpoint you're like it makes no it sense it makes that's absolutely kind of what no star sense. wars is though that that is star wars to a t visually cool but doesn't really make sense no at the, at, if you boil it down to its basics things like th- things don't make there are things where you're kind of like okay i'm willing to kind of suspend my disbelief or whatnot but like that is a that's a that's a game changer it, instead of sending a fleet of x-wings in to uh to try to take out the uh the, the death star all you need to do is just send one of your ships in with a droid you know pilot and so that way you're not killing any people and just you know just warp you know uh through it and you blow up the death star you know no must no fuss nobody died except for you know all the uh all the you know evil empire bad guys you know but all right we're we're done with star wars we're moving on all right (laughs) right. 
you you have there's an interesting kerfuffle coming up right now over Jason goes to hell kerfuffle. <laughs> kerfuffle? I, 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 Ed Glazer used that there's word, once, and I really like that word. Right I, I think I think you kerfuffled kerfuffle. <laughs> Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. So with Jason Goes to Hell, I can't remember if it was on Crystal Lake Memories or His Name is Jason. Writer-director Adam Marcus was always, fans don't see how amazing my movie is. I'm not quoting here, but, you know, fans don't see how amazing my movie is. Fans just want the same movie over and over again. They don't want anything different. Blah, 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 blah. And he basically crapped all over Friday the 13th fans for not liking the fact that this movie not only is terrible, but is not a Friday the 13th movie. For not liking his dumb body-hopping movie where at the end when Jason and, uh, gets a uh, hold of another Voorhees woman, he comes back full costume with a broken hockey mask. What he the just, shit? He, he launched out of her vagina fully clothed with, like, the hockey mask. I... the. I laughed with the full, so full body mass, like two hundred and sixty pounds at six four. The the the, the sh- like the broken looking mask and everything. What the shit? I laughed too the first time I saw it. I did. That was just ridiculous. Anybody on set being like, "Hey, you, you really think this is a good way to go? Like this is this is what we should do here?" He he. he... <laughs> Jason is also Jason also is a deadite now, according to Adam wow, Marcus. That right. the, that's a Necronomicon being in the movie is not an Easter egg. That it's intentional. Jason's a deadite, and that's why the Kandarian dagger is there as well. well I guess we retcon every time he's come back to life, you know, from the dead with his normal body and his mask and everything. Like in Jason Lives in the part seven and part eight, Jason X, but a versus Jason. But mm-hmm. the, there's a little controversy going on right now. A few months ago, that it came out. Now remember, Adam Marcus was always defending this movie, defending how Friday the 13th fans don't want, didn't want anything new, blah, 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 blah. Now there's a big contention between him and Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham says that he always hated what Marcus did, tried to stop him, but New Line overruled him. Oh, bullshit. Adam Marcus has said wanted Jason to be a character. He's he's exactly the whole series. Hold on, that's why he did nine for Christ's sake. Hold on, hold on. So more like Cunningham. Adam Marcus has said that, and this is the quote he used, that Cunningham told him, quote, just get rid of the goddamn hockey mask. Yeah. Unquote. That's it. That's actually true. So now with Cunningham saying this, it's basically saying that. There's a big contention between Marcus says he was told to make this movie like this and Cunningham saying we tried to stop him making this disaster. I'm going to quote from Adam Marcus, so I can't believe I'm kind of defending here. No, that was absolutely Cunningham. He he has always resented every Friday the 13th after the first film, and that's why he came back for nine to basically dismiss the whole uh, big brute uh, hockey mask killer thing. He's like, this is never what it was intended to be, even though that's where his bread was buttered. That's why there were so That's basically what Marcus said. Love Jason. Yeah, that's what Marcus said. So, quote, I was 22 when I got that job. He was 50 and he was Sean S. Cunningham. So either he let a 22-year-old tell him how to make a movie, which makes him a eunuch, or he told me to get rid of that mask, which makes him a liar. I'm on Marcus' side, weirdly enough. I know, that's why I said I can't believe I'm defending Marcus here because I hate this guy. Yeah, he's still an asshole, but he's right. This is, it's definitive proof all over the place. It's, it's the reason why Sean came back to do nine. I mean, the, the only, the only person who gives any kind of a shit about these movies, the true pioneer when it comes to Friday the 13th is Steve Miner. He's the only one that ever really gave a shit. But you, but you have this thing where for years we've had this narrative 
using Cecil's term, we've had this narrative that it was Marcus going, screw you, screw you, we're doing something different. Now it turns out maybe that was Cunningham. It, it, it still doesn't make it was both the hell of good I, I think it was both of them. I think it was like a comp, it was a combo thing. Yeah. Like he, he, cause uh, there was a, um, there was a, a, a website a while ago. Uh, I think you actually sent it to me where uh, the writer was talking all about like the changes and whatnot. And there were how it was just make this movie uh, Friday the 13th in name only, you know, just kind of go, g- just go nuts with it. Do whatever you want, but don't make it a Friday the 13th movie. And, which is uh, what ruined it because that's, is, yeah. I mean, honestly, there, there's a reason why people like these films. Like it's kind of, they're simple. They're fun. You, you have the, this monster that's become iconic, much like, you know, Frankenstein's monster has much like Dracula. The mummy is sort of a, a very big icon of the eighties. People are, are going as morbid as it is. People are going to watch Jason kill people in creative ways. In And if you want to put it in a new setting, fine. You know, to me, that's what made – I honestly enjoyed seeing Jason on like a ship for Jason Takes Manhattan and walking through city streets. Jason X, as much as I don't like it, interesting concept. We've put him into space. I think that's that's a way to make it work. Keep putting him in, in different settings. Make up some new characters uh, to be his foil. But you also have to just look at the fact that just like uh, like I said with Last Jedi, what did you expect to happen? Let's go back to 1993. Whether it was Cunningham or Marcus doesn't make a difference for this argument. Mm. But what did you expect to happen? You are literally telling all of the people who've made this franchise a billion dollar franchise up to this point, we don't want you. Do you really think that it, that, that was going to bring in then new fans that are going to go, oh, it's not about Jason anymore. It's not about the hockey mask. Now I'll get involved in this <laughs> franchise. What did you expect to happen with this? They keep going after a segment of the population that doesn't exist. It's like they, they don't seem to understand that, like, if you fundamentally change a property, you can make little changes here and there to try to appeal to, all right, well, we're going to try to do this to f- appeal more to women. We're going to try to do this to appeal more to the. But if you say, all right, we're going to completely abandon everything that has made this franchise popular up to this point. In- Which was already pretty niche to begin with. It's like they cornered the hockey masked killer market. Yeah. I- they're really <laughs> you need to stay there yeah it's like but they they've kind of focused everything and that's where the fandom is and that's where their audience is yeah For them to be like okay we're gonna alter this dramatically and try to appeal to this entire audience that doesn't <laughs> exist well you deserve to to have to have the movie flop well yeah flop the the horribly. audience of uh body hopping shaving making out with your body switch thing what the yeah. fuck maybe you're gonna get like a small population of like weird fetish porn watchers well they got like some there there have been some people that have come out and have defended it over over time you know they're like oh this is the kind of like hollywood kind of like how uh halloween 3 in a way where it's like it's different but halloween 3 was but halloween 3 didn't sh- on the first two movies yeah, and exactly. halloween 3 was was never meant to be about michael myers this was just john carpenter wanting to make a different halloween themed film every year well that's what i'm saying i'm saying in, in kind of that way of where you've got people that are coming out and saying oh well this you know deserves more attention and whatnot and it's like no it, no, really, it really you know doesn't. it really doesn't <laughs> It, it missed really... the, the mark. And you know what? It started out, I like the beginning. Oh, the Jason beginning is hell. It was just a movie about... Oh, the first five minutes are amazing. Where, it was where just he gets a about a, a manhunt of Jason and he's, and he's going across like the county or whatever, getting chased by SWAT and he's killing like TAC officers and shit. Maybe have Tommy Jarvis come back. Like that would be fucking awesome. 
Yeah. Like, that's never really been done before. It's like this, like a fucking nationwide manhunt. You've got Creighton Duke on his path and tracking him and, and shit like this. And it's almost like an in search of Bigfoot, but it's like Jason or something. Like, that would be awesome. That would yeah. be a genuinely good Friday the 13th film. Well, they keep talking about doing a Friday the 13th found footage film. And I could almost see them doing like, uh, you know, like that where it's, you know, we're going to find Jason, you know, yeah. and that's like the angle to go with. Never- with something like goes to hell. You're actively fighting your own fans. And that's not just in movies. I was recently reading some old interviews with Glenn Danzig. And this goes to music, too. Like, remember Danzig? Let's leave Sam Hain and the Misfits out. Just the Danzig band. Mm. He had a very Danzig sound. You know, each album sounded different, but they sounded like Danzig. Then he made Danzig 5, Black Acid Evil, which sounds uh, like... Sort of electronic album, right? Yeah. That was the one that sounded like a Nine Inch Nails album with really, really bad mastering. Which I kind of... I, I respect him for trying something different but when he saw that didn't work you know he went back to his old thing but at the same time when that album came out and didn't get good reviews he didn't blame the fans he said he made that album to and i'm quoting weed out the fake fans oh he 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 hated the fact that when mother got a lot of airplay on mtv he got a lot of what he called the fake fans people Mm. who were just in it for mother so he made that album basically to piss off danzig fans <laughs> and I'm going, my God, you're an egotistical jerk. He is an egotistical jerk, and that's why I love him. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, okay, l- l- let's just leave the whole dancing element out. Black Acid Evil as an album is a terrible album. Oh, it's not it's good. Mastered it's mastered poorly. It's really not good. It's a- no, it's terrible. So just even in, even if he made it to piss off the fans, it's an awful album. He saw Nine Inch Nails and went, I can do that. No, you can't, Glenn. <laughs> but, but the thing is, fun. how many, how many bands have done an experimental album? How many bands have done an album that is so far removed from what they normally do? So I don't really consider that like, I mean, you know, yeah, it was a douchebag thing to say, oh, weed out the fake fans. But the thing is, like, there have been a lot of bands that they'll just they'll do an album you know they're they're doing the same thing for for decades and they want to try something different and you know see see if it works because usually it's like well maybe we should try this new thing that the people are doing which is i think why part of why danzig decided to do black acid devil was like okay well nine inch nails is kind of big right now in this sort of like weird gothy industrial kind of shit. i'm gonna see what happens with that and it fell flat but but you don't need to next album back to basics but you don't need to do, when it comes to an album, you do a song or two and experiment. Like Danzig did that. Remember his song on the X-Files soundtrack? It was that same kind of thing. <laughs> and fans hated it. So he went, aha, they hated it. I'll make a whole album of this. <laughs> Look back at at rock and roll, heavy metal, whatever. Look back at any time a band makes an experimental album. Look at how many times they look back at that 20 years later and went, that was a mistake. Every time. Exactly. Every goddamn time. Exactly. Experiment. Fine. Evolve. Fine. You don't have to make the whole album. Maybe make a song or two songs on that album, the experiment, and see if it works. The entire album, you're just pissing your fan base away. Ah, well, I mean, it's their, it's their decision to do it, unfortunately. I mean, a lot of bands uh, obviously do learn from it. There are some bands that never try to do anything at all. ACDC has been making the same fucking music since the 70s. <laughs> it was Bad Religion, and I like Bad Religion, but every uh, album's the same religion. album. Uh, bad no, Religion's I, great. You, you no, shut I your was... poor mouth. 
Nah, dude. The, when uh, they did uh, Strange, Stranger Than Fiction was when they really changed. Like, uh, like there's st- it's still punk rock. Like, if you listen to No Control and then listen to Bat and listen to um, Stranger Than Fiction, it's it's complete. It's different. It's not completely different, but it is an evolution. It's different. They have, but it's not the same album. It's it's mm-hmm. actually like their songs are actually like four minutes long. They're not like you know. Well, yeah, 60 it, it's seconds. the same thing. It's the same thing with like the Dead Kennedys. Go back and listen to plastic surgery disasters and then listen to bedtime for democracy you can tell that's the same band but you can see just how much in the intervening five to six years they grew as a band mm-hmm. it's the same thing with like like iron maiden let's leave the paul diano stuff out start with number of the beast bruce dickinson's first album and then you go to just you know somewhere in time you can still tell it's iron maiden but you can tell they're a totally different band but you can see the evolution where you go from danzig Ford to black acid evil and you you're like did i put the wrong cd in oh leave danzig alone he's like angry and four feet tall you also have another kind of fans versus fandom thing or not even fans maybe just the participants when the Baywatch movie came out, was it last year or two years ago? Last the Zach, Zach Efron, The Rock one? Yeah. Dwayne Johnson, not just critics. I mean, he did bitch at critics. He bitched at fans who didn't like the movie that they must not be true fans. Or yeah, at oh, one point he said, and I quote, they don't know good comedy. If you've oh, seen this movie, you know good. just how wrong Dwayne Johnson is in this. Because, oh. the, and talk about another movie that, I'm not a Baywatch fan. I watched it casually here and there. This movie, from what I've heard from Baywatch fans, is another Last Jedi. It's another Girl Busters. It's another Jason Goes to Hell. It's making fun of you for being a fan of Baywatch. It's well, yeah, calling like you every stupid other the, for watching uh, the show. T- like TV show movies, like they did this, the Starsky and Hutch. They did, uh, was the Dukes of Hazard? Like all those movies that were coming out. They did it. They did the Chips one. They're all just forgettable trash. And all they do is, is just make fun of the, uh, the previous property and be like, look how goofy this was. Well, of course it was goofy. It was the mid seventies. It was well, the they, early nineties. You know, it's like shit was like kind of weird and, and strange that these were, these were the trends of making TV shows at the time. They weren't goofy when they came out, but they're goofy now to look back on. It's, it's not, it's, it's such a broad stroke level of humor. It was like, the seventies were funny. You know what else is going to be funny in 20 years? 2017. Yeah. Pointy mustaches. <laughs> and and freaking uh having giant ever- giant beards and side combed hair you know like come on yeah you're gonna look it's at just that the like, mullet uh, of today's age they they had been they had been doing that for a while though they did it with like starsky and hutch they did yeah. it with ships and it's like why are you taking shows and things that really weren't like they were you know they had humor but taking them and making movies out of them be like yeah look how dumb they are like that's that's not like the brady bunch movies did it perfect because mm-hmm. they did them funny and satirical but also still loving dragnet uh, 1987 did the same dragnet. thing yeah, Dragnet mm. still, like, kind of respected the source material. Whereas, like, uh, I have, I can't say because I haven't seen Baywatch, but I'm talking about, like, Starsky and Hutch and Chips, and it's like, they're dumb. Look how dumb they were. They were, they were dumb. You know, and like, and that's like the whole, that's the whole movie. Yeah. And that's, that's why the they bomb terrible and not funny <laughs> and just, you know, just insulting, quite frankly. All right. Who exactly is this for? Like, <laughs> but uh, okay. Uh, again, just like I've said so many times, what did you expect to 
to happen. Did you think Baywatch fans were going to go, oh, we love being made fun of, and non-Baywatch fans are going to go, wow, I'm now into this thing. Wow, what did Zach you Efron is a really good actor. Yeah. Baywatch fans... <laughs> Baywatch fans wanted to see tits moving in slow motion. That's yeah. really like that. That's they're, the movie they're very right there. not they're, very easy, not very hard to please. There yeah. are some big Baywatch fans who like know the lore and all the characters' history. It, it's really, oh, really God. weird. <laughs> well, I mean, they they put they put Al, uh, Alexander Daddario in there. I mean, that seemed like a good you know okay because she even was doing from I've seen gifts like she's doing like tit humor you know like oh look at these kind of you know so it's all right it's yeah. like all right so they at least kind of got that but yeah i mean from what i had heard i'm like it's just it's not it's it, it's just not it, it was like the 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 dumb funny which which i don't mind i mean i now now i'm gonna have to watch baywatch for crying out loud to see how it is it's awful but my, okay. my point I is i didn't watch it you don't have to watch it either uh, just out of morbid curiosity, if it's on oh, like Netflix yeah. or something, I'll watch it. But yeah, but I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know. I have, a, I have a problem. My point is, Dwayne Johnson was attacking people who didn't like the movie as not knowing humor. You, you also have like a thing like DC Comics right now has put out an unofficial memo to all of its writers: be aware of the fandom. They're basically mm. telling the writers: well, be aware of what you write. Write what you want. But be aware, there might be backlash, and we don't want that. You shouldn't have oh, to be afraid of no, no, the no, no, fans, no. though. Here's 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 where I think uh, here's where I think that is coming from, and this is an issue. This is something that I think I had mentioned the other day. This is where you have there was a uh, there was a writer who was recently hired by DC who has notoriously gone on social media attacking the fans saying comic fans are trash saying that you don't understand the brilliance of my writing this kind oh, of boy. bullshit and that i think is more where that's coming from it's not saying don't write stuff to you know to appeal to the fans it's saying hey watch your f***ing mouth on social media and stop attacking the people that are paying our bills why is it so hard for them to like there was a there's a the the director uh colin trevorrow who uh who wrote and directed uh Jura the uh, jurassic, jurassic world uh, and he wrote the most recent one he came out on twitter recently and he was saying kind of the opposite he was saying we understand and respect i don't i'm paraphrasing but it was essentially uh in in light of the the ryan johnson thing we know and respect our fans of course there's going to be jerks out there who are going to just you know badmouth you whatever but we need to understand and listen to the difference between hey uh i didn't like this thing that you did you know constructive criticism versus somebody who's just out there going it sucks you know you need to be able to filter through the difference and i think that mm. right now he's also saying why is it so hard to just put out your thing and kind of uh you know be be happy with the people who do watch it and of course you're always going to get people that are going to attack it that are always well, you know, yeah. gonna like it are going to bad mouth it because it's cool but like the 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 new trend of creators that are openly and actively attacking their fan base and then still acting these people should purchase from them i'm not gonna buy your stuff if you call me every name in the book i i think that that's where a lot of that is coming from on, mm. on I, I, do, uh. I do see exactly where you're coming from with that remember about a year ago dc had you know they changed some some of the characters came out of the closet and stuff and there was all this backlash it was watch the fans 
don't stray too far from the fandom. And I think as much as we've talked about, like with Adam Marcus, you know, completely shitting on the fans and all that, you shouldn't also be beholden to the fans either. You shouldn't be like, well, I can't go in this direction because the fans won't like it. There yeah, needs but- to be, a, there needs to be a balance. You can't be afraid of the fan base, but you also can't tell the fan base to piss off either. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvel right now is really going overboard. Like, oh, they like, are pandering I, uh, to a ridiculous degree. They are degree. pandering to a ridiculous degree. And that's the, and that is kind of them going in the opposite direction. It's like, they are like, I understand. Okay. Make changes, make changes that make sense. Uh, like Iron Man is now a girl. Thor is now a girl. Gender swapping is, is fine, but I mean, don't act okay now the character is perfect because like because it's a girl make her an interesting character and people will rally around that look at miles morales with with spider-man nobody had a problem with him that he was half black uh he was what half black half latino for the longest time because he was a well-written character he was uh, one of the spider-men from you know from alternate earth and he was really good he, he was wasn't not peter replace- parker he wasn't replacing peter parker he was his own creation and he was his own variation of spider-man yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a random gender or race swap it was just a it was a brand new character and if they took something like that and they were like, okay, now here, kind of like War Machine with, with Iron Man, where you yeah. had, uh, where you had Rhodey was now, you know, he was like Iron Man. So it's like fine and nobody had a problem with that. But all of a sudden, hey, uh, we're getting rid of Tony Stark and now, uh, Riri Johnson is now Iron Man and you all have to like this or you're racist, sexist, this, that, and the other thing. Well, then your audience is going to have a problem with that. And it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you and you're trying to force your own agenda instead of making this character okay how about we have a character that's like a side thing you know okay we have this pre-existing character and she's now aspiring to be iron man and she's mm. i don't know i you know iron I, 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 I remember something. years and years ago back when valiant was still good when exo man of war he retired or something and his assistant the black chick got the armor it was a totally new character and you know what she was really good as that character but she wasn't mm. trying to be exo man of war she was another yeah. character taking his place while he was I, I can't remember if he was like off in space fighting spider for some reason he couldn't handle the armor anymore at that point and that was really cool because it mm. made sense in the story it didn't feel like valiant was going well well, we really need to get a black woman into this costume. It felt like, no, her character's been building for a while, and this makes logical sense. A lot of comics have, have done that, where, you know, they'll have somebody take over the mantle of whatever the character is for a little while. But like this, it's it's like, but it makes sense within the character for them to just be shifting. And that's why, the Mar- you know, Marvel's comics, the movies are doing well, but the t- comics are all tanking because the art, is terrible and the writing is terrible and they're inserting all of these characters that don't make sense and people are like like my my uncle who's been collecting comics his entire life who's written for marvel dc image he is like for the first time in my entire life i don't want to read comic books oh man because they've gotten so bad he's like the art is bad the writing is bad he's like everything and if he kept reading through the 90s that says something because that was a bad (laughs) bad time in comic book perfect example would be vertigo look at vertigo when it started and then look at vertigo now and you would never recognize this is the same balls out risk taking mature readers and i don't mean that in a prurient way mature readers comics that were out in the early 90s 
you look at it now and it's all, and I'd hate to use this term, but it's all SJW stuff. You know, mm. every character is gay and bi and trans and, and they're doing all this and they're fighting for this. And it's like, oh God. Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I think it's a character is allowed to be of a different sexual orientation other than straight. It's just making, making the whole story about that is uh what makes it feel pandery exactly I, th- there's been yeah. a lot of great gay characters uh, look at john sable freelance the character of gray was the first openly gay character in a mainstream comic book and you know what it was handled with style grace and you know what you had an emotional attachment to gray and nobody mm. even remembers that one why because he they weren't always shoving it in your face that gray is gay remember this is a gay character this guy <laughs> is gay yeah, they, they did that recently with, with, um, uh, Iceman, where Iceman is a notorious womanizer, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, let's, let's take this womanizer, make him gay. And they're like, and they're like, oh, well, he was a womanizer because he was really secretly gay. And, and I'm like, oh, just <laughs> stop. What do you get when you get the fans versus the creators? Which, it, to me, that's how you create a toxic fandom. You don't, you should not, in my opinion, have to pander to the fan base. You shouldn't have to go, well, the fans won't like this, so we can't take this daring new story direction in a movie. But at the same time, you you should not go, fans are going to hate this. We absolutely got to go in this this new direction in a movie. Should there be that delicate balance? There's long been this question. Who owns the franchise? I don't mean legally. Does it belong to the fans, or does it belong to the creators? Or is it kind of in the middle? I'd say it's the middle. Don't don't pit yourself against your fan base. Make what you want to make. If someone likes it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. The creator does own it, but that doesn't give him license to expect that the audience is automatically going to love it. If like, uh, you know, if they want to, if they want to take something in a different direction, if they want to create something, if they want to kill a character, if they want to embarrass a character, whatever, that is entirely their prerogative. They're allowed to do that. They own it. But at the same time, they can't get mad when the audience doesn't like what they did with the character. Hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. Or with the character or, you know, franchise as a whole. So do, do you think that this is going to get better or get worse for our final moments here? Do you think that... Nothing gets better. So you think the relationship between creators and fans are just going to keep degrading? It's only going to get worse, especially with social media. I think uh, it's going to get worse simply because Disney keeps buying everything. And it just, it, I like, again, I hate to get all tinfoil hat here. I know I keep saying that. But it really, it just seems like they're purposefully pitting, you know, their franchises versus the audience. And instead of just accepting that, uh, you know, all right, you know, we did this thing. We knew it was going to be very divisive and the audience didn't like it. You know, don't be like, oh, well, we're going to change and make it better. Like, just just simply don't attack your fans. Like, when the movie first came out, they weren't going after every... Like, people were, were complaining about it, but they didn't really start going after them for a little while. And then now it's like, well, what did you expect? You're you're attacking the people that are, you know, your ticket buyers, that are your audience. Like, they're not gonna just going to sit again. back and be like, oh, you're right. We should like whatever shit you shovel out to us. I'm going to say it again. What do you expect to happen when you attack your own fan base? They expect them to just eat it and smile. Just and I grovel. Think that, yeah. I think that I think that's a major problem. Uh, that just shows the complete disconnect they have with their own audience. I'm a genius. You will love everything I put out. Exactly. Well, weed and out the no. fake fans with a bad album. <laughs> you, you leave Danzig alone. No. Where can we find Peter constantly being aggravated by his own fans? 
Oh God. Well, that's that's an easy one. You can find me uh doing that on Twitter at Cinematica, on on YouTube the Cinemasticist, on uh Facebook the Cinemasticist, maybe on twelve oh one beyond dot com. I mean I've never really gone to the comment section there. Also at at Patreon, where uh I will belittle you and you will give me money for it. That's what they pay you for. That's right. Where can people find Cecil with probably the most schizophrenic fans I've ever seen? <laughs> Uh, oh my god, yeah. That, I always love when somebody find, like, I, I had crap, they were, I had somebody yelling at me, not to, not to get political here, but I will mention briefly. Somebody, uh, saw a video from 2013 where I made a Trump joke. And it was like, you L, you beta soy boys are always making fun of Trump. And I'm like, holy f- he was not even running at this point. It was just a, he was a TV star at this point. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna stop but you though. Had... I'm gonna stop you. What in the hell is a beta soy boy? Beta uh, soy boy. I haven't heard that oh, one. Oh, you haven't, you haven't heard that? No. Well, like, instead of alpha male, beta male, and like soy boy, cause there's this whole thing about how men today are drinking too much soy, which is why we have like all these like beta cuckolds. I don't think I've ever stuff. had soy in my entire life. Wow. I, 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 I'm in a, language lately. I am, I'm in a different world apparently. I, cause that's, that's all over. They're all, you oh, know, I've calling, seen it, uh, I've seen it in the store, but I've never, I don't think in, in my life I've ever had like soy milk or anything like that. Well, that's cause, you know, you, yeah, that's why you still are like a man. You're like, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I have testicles and they has dropped. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but yeah, that's that whole thing. But then, but then there was the one the other day that I, I shared with you where the guy's like, Hey, I love this episode. This was really great. And then like five minutes later, they watch Catwoman and they're like, Oh, you're misogynist racist. I'm like, Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's the same commenter minutes <laughs> and it's later. The same guy minutes later. I'm like, Oh, well, I went from being great to a piece of shit because I made jokes nine years ago. So <laughs> with that kind of a fandom, where can people find you? You can find me being a lovely person. I really am. Over over at uh, goodbadflix.com, as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. And you can find me pretty much being a terrible person all the way around at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show and tell me how much I suck and how much you wish I would commit suicide. And yes, people have done that. People have told me this world would be a better place if I took my own life. And then one person said, it's only a matter of time until I kill myself and make the world better for it. So oh my God. those are the kind of fans I have. You can. Those are some words of encouragement right there. You can find me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Try to be a cut above. Try not to be an asshole. And don't be an Adam Marcus or a Ryan Johnson because, well, they suck. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.